Hey, thanks. It was the second most spoken about thing. It was the kingdom and then finance, the, the kingdom and then money. And we went a second to like the kingdom in Jesus' ministry. It's like pretty substantial, isn't it? It's like, oh, money's got no place to be spoken about in church. It's like, you wouldn't have liked Jesus, church. <laughs> um, hey, yeah, so he- heads or tails now. I thought with this, has anybody got a coin? I don't going to keep it. Relax. I put it in the bucket. I'll bring the bucket out. I need a, a five cents. Let's see if we've got a bigger one. All right, look at this. Here we go. Just And the reason for bigger is not because it's like, all right, I need two volunteers. Andrew there looking voluntary. And who's that? Ash. Ash is also looking voluntary. Not... <laughs> Now they're looking teary. Uh, just, just come here. Can you stand there, Ash? And Andrew, stand there. You need to get nice and close. Nice and close. All right. Ash, can you please describe this coin to me? It's a platypus in a lake. Are you sure? Pretty sure. He's pretty sure it's a picture of a platypus. Andrew, can you please describe this coin to me? It's the Queen's head. Are you sure? Yep. He is sure. He sounds very sure. So one certain was pretty sure it's a platypus, and one's very sure it's a picture of the Queen. That's all. 20 cents. And I was going to say there would be a prize. If it had been my money, I would have been happy to have given this as a prize. But uh, this is actually our church treasurer, so <laughs> he can definitely have that back. That will be accounted for, I'm sure. Um, hey, so that's just, all right, we're going to come back to that to that illustration in a little while, but I, I want to, just like Mel was saying, I will, really, I want us to just get God's understanding of money. We, we're just to, uh, I want us to start to, start to see money the way that God sees it, and, and be able to relate to it the way that he teaches us to relate to it. Okay, so uh, Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. I just want to read a, pass, read a scripture, and I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to share a story from the Bible, and then we're going to get back to that passage. And um, I just believe God's going to do something in our hearts. So Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Um, and the reason I'm reading from this version is because it draws out the point I want to make the best. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for he will either hate one and love the other, or he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Other translations use the word mammon and they translate it as money, but um, we'll get back to that in a little while. Lord, I thank you that, uh, that you're a loving God, that you're a kind God, that you're a generous God. I thank you that you are the provider, that the scripture tells us that we shall not be in want, that you uh, give us everything we need according to your glorious riches, and we don't have to approach you uh, with fear in the area of our finances that we can trust you in the area of our finances. We can trust that you're going to be good to us in this area. And Lord, I pray this morning that you're able to teach our hearts your view on finances. In Jesus' name, amen.
So in that verse we read, did anyone catch what Jesus thinks of money? He says here, he who is, this is directly talking about finances. It's, he's, t- he's telling a parable about a guy who was unfaithful with money. But he's saying, so he who is faithful in what is least is also faithful in what is mu- in much. So Jesus is actually saying money is least. The least. He who is faithful in what is least. Least significant, least important. Least. Jesus has got a rating scale of things. Something's important, less important, less important, less important. Least. And you know what least is? Money. Jesus says money is the least important thing in his realm. bit different to our system hey okay now i just want to sort of start to break it down to you and sheet to sort of teach you a little bit about why jesus is able to view money in this way uh in in the, we're going to turn to matthew's gospel and um i'm going to read from matthew chapter 14 and i start in the niv here it says as evening approached the disciples came to him and said uh, this is a remote place it is already getting late send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food jesus replied they don't need to go away you give them something to eat and we're jumping down to uh john's version of this and we're carrying on the story uh, john 16 verse 5 so he turned to philip and said where will we buy enough food to feed all these people now jesus already knew what he was about to do but he said this to stretch philip's faith Philip answered, well, I suppose if we were to give everyone only a snack, it would cost thousands of dollars to buy enough food. But just then, Andrew, Peter's brother, spoke up and said, look, here is a young person with five barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will that go with this huge crowd? And just for a tiny bit of context, there's like 5,000 men, they think there's about 5,000 families. So when it says in the scripture there, 5,000 men, not including women and children, what they're actually saying is 5,000 families. There were 5,000 families, and, and Andrew's like, but how far will that go with this huge crowd? Have everyone sit down, Jesus said to his disciples. So they sat on, a vast, on the vast grassy slope. More than 5,000 hungry people sat down. And then Jesus took the barley loaves and the fish, gave thanks to God, then gave it to the disciples to distribute to the people. Miraculously... The food multiplied with everyone eating as much as they wanted. Pretty cool, right? I've seen miracles like this. Not 5,000 people getting all like that, but I've seen like not enough food feed like 50 people when there's probably about enough food for 20 or 30 and, and they're being left over. Um, when I was working, because like Melissa mentioned the Teen Challenge, I was working in Teen Challenge and there was 50 people that we had to feed and I looked and I was in charge of the food. Somebody didn't order properly oh, i said i was just in charge of the food didn't i <laughs> just giving it away somebody else probably didn't order properly and we were way short and i was just like god help me and everyone had plenty and there was left over and we were just like wow i may not be the best organizer or planner but i am the best prayer but then what happened so jesus has fed all these people and basically they are starting to wake up this guy is the messiah this guy is the one we've been waiting for there's like 5,000 men, but 5,000 families, and they're about to make him king by force. 
They're about to grab him and say, no, you're our king. No two ways about it. Um, and <laughs> you know, can you just imagine that? Like you're in a big environment, like say the footy, and everyone all of a sudden's like, right, no, you're the prime minister. No, that's it. You know you don't have a say in it. <laughs> and obviously it wouldn't make it so, but it would cause a whole heap of problems. And Jesus, avoiding those problems, it says he went away. Uh, he, he went away, and he spent, went off to uh, to spend some time by himself. But also in that, you got to understand, as he's gone away, it's not purely to avoid conflict with the people. You got to understand, he he was coming through a really complex period. He, he his cousin had just died. He had actually gone to get away for some time by himself. You got to remember why he came to Earth was actually to become king. That was the point. And then now he, he's having a hard time. He, his cousin's there and he's, he's goes just to get some time away. This guy needs a break. He needs to, uh, he's got so much conflict going on, so much personal trouble happening. He's just done this amazing miracle. Everybody now, is, he's the man. Everyone, uh, and he's like, he knows he's got to go to the cross, but now he's a way to not go to the cross. This is the same thing that the devil tempted with him in the wilderness when he was at his lowest and again he's at a depleted state he actually went here for a break you understand the story totally in context but now he's gone away his disciples sort of looking around it's getting a bit late they're on the other side of the 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 lake and they've got to get home so we pick it up the story there uh, john chapter 16 says after waiting until evening for jesus to return the disciples went down to the lake but as darkness fell, he still hadn't returned. So the disciples got into a boat and headed across the lake to Capernaum. By now, a strong wind began to blow and was stirring up the waters. The disciples had rowed about halfway across the lake when all of a sudden they caught sight of Jesus walking on top of the waves, coming towards them. The disciples panicked, but Jesus called out to them, Don't be afraid, you know who I am. They were relieved to take him in, and at the moment Jesus stepped into the boat, they were instantly transported to the other side. So we've just had these two really, really radical experiences with Jesus. Both experiences were showing us that he is living on a different plane to the natural realm. The first one is supply. Not enough food. More than enough food. Can I just really let us as we read the rest of scripture and we read the rest of jesus life occasionally he did some miraculous things with food twice two other times immediately spring to mind for me once he fed four thousand with seven loaves and once he cooked some fish for his guys where i doesn't say he just magically made the fish happen but it doesn't say he went fishing and got them i'm just wondering if maybe but, but so it's like it's not like generally jesus wanted food he did it the same way as you and me. There was a time when he was hungry and his disciples went off to get food. Remember, some of us might know the story where he speaks to the, to the lady by the well. There, there were these, we see just time and time again, Jesus processing, living the system of food and supply the same way as you and me. When he needed to, he violated it and just totally superseded it. And then we see this story here where he's, he needs to cross a lake. We read loads of times through the scriptures where Jesus caught a boat across a lake. Every single time, except for this encounter, we actually see Jesus uses regular transport to cross the lake, to cross the sea. This time, however, there is no boat handy. He wants to catch up with his guys, so he starts walking. 
Jesus doesn't need a boat. He can walk. Gets to the middle. He catches these guys. Now he's in the middle. Then it says, they were instantly transported to the other side. Now he's just there, taking a boat and his mates with him. He's like, we can cross, we can cross the lake. Walk, boat, walk, beam, like, you know, whatever. So this, like, just in a, in a heartbeat, we see th- three methods of crossing a lake. And Jesus is like, I'll use any one of them I like. But he, he operated with a system. Generally, he caught the boat. Generally, he, he sailed in the boat. There was a storm we read about one time. There's a big storm. He's asleep in the boat. And, and like, that would have been a good time to beam a boat across, wouldn't it? Boat's about to sink. But it's just like, and he's showing, like, look. And remember, we looked at the coin. And Ash was so sure he was looking at a platypus. He was, he was convinced. Andrew was 100% certain he was looking at a picture of the queen. Last time I checked queen i mean i don't know we're lucky we're not in one of those sort of places but i don't think the queen looks like a platypus whichever way you chop it up she doesn't look like a platypus they're not seeing the same thing are they but were they looking at the same coin they were looking at the same coin but they had different understandings of the same coin who was wrong so here we're looking at this passage where Jesus is saying, he who is faithful with the least is also faithful in much. And then it goes, but therefore, if you've not been faithful with unrighteous men, who will commit to your trust true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man, who will give you what is your own? So he's saying here that this thing that's the least, the very least, is the gauge that he uses to give you what is truly important. The least, the way you handle it, is the gauge he uses for promotion to give you what is truly important. So we look at money then. Okay, Jesus clearly said it's the least. The least, least important. But then he said, this thing that's the least important is actually the way you handle it is the most important. Which is it? The least or the most? Yes. Heads or tails? Yes. And the way we interact with money can either stop you or catapult you. It's not something that we can discount. See, Jesus, in the, so he said here, he is faithful with, in that which is least is faithful also in much. He is unjust in what is least is, also, is unjust also in much. Therefore, you, uh, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for he will either hate one and love the other, or he will be loyal to one and despise the other. There's a couple of th- a few things I'm going to draw out here. Firstly, he says, if you haven't been unfaithful in the ri- unrighteous mammon, if you've been unfaithful, if you have not been faithful, in, and so this mammon is talking about the world system, the money system of the world. What is the money system? 
work hard, get paid, and how you spend that money. That's how the money system. You give money, it's gone. You get money, you have more. That's the world system. If you've been unfaithful in the world system of money, who will commit to you? Tr- tr- who will trust you? Commit to your trust. True riches. What's true riches? Jesus says things that are important: uh, peace, patience, joy. He says, I'll, "I'll give you joy and joy complete, peace that surpasses all understanding." You've got to know. You, you don't have to be alive for too long to know that money. If you're sick, money's not much good to you. If 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 you're dying of cancer, money doesn't take that away from you. If you're about to get a divorce, money is not going to fix your marriage. If your kid's off on drugs, money's not going to bring them back. There's stuff that's way more important than money, and we know that. True riches. Eternity. Melissa talked about the importance of inviting people to church, because it matters, you know, where people go once we die. Eternity is a really long time. So he's saying here, if we aren't faithful with the world money system, you're not going to be trusted with true riches. But then it goes on and says, if you've not been faithful with another man's, who will give you what is your own? Bang, straight, next, next verse. No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and mammon. So what he's actually saying here is I've trust I've given you some supply. I've given you some supply, the ability to make money. Sometimes people have inherited it. Sometimes you've got you've been given a certain skill set. You've been things that beyond your control have been given to you so that you're able to produce income. And that's God giving you supply. And then it says here that if you've not been faithful with that, you won't get true riches. He, he won't trust you with true riches. But then he, in the same breath he's saying But if you're not being faithful with what's another man's. So hang on, hang on, hang on. If I've got my money, how's that another man's? But then God just says, here, you can't serve mammon and God. So it's actually, that's like God saying it's mine. It's mine. And I've given it to you. And you're operating with something that's mine. Are you faithful with it? Are you not faithful with it? If you are... I'm going to promote you because I can see you're trustworthy. This thing that is the least important, like the very, he's like, basically what he's saying is, guys, I've given you the easiest test possible. I don't have an easier test for you, is what he's saying here. I literally do not have, like my kids play the video games and you've got like the the levels and one of the levels that they play the game Minecraft, they build things. One level is like you can do anything, you can't die, it's all free and done for you, that level. God's saying money is that level. I don't have an easier test for you guys. And he's saying, and, and, this is, and this is Jesus in relationship to money. He's saying, guys, it's not a thing. Like, honestly, like we can just whip up roles for people. We need, we need money. I can just do that. No worries. Like, I don't normally do it, but I can. Like, let's just. So when we start, and we, as we go through this series, we're going we're gonna to go through this, the, the two legs of, of finances, really, which is some of it's the supernatural stuff. Some of it's where Jesus just takes five loaves and goes, boom. And other of it's like, you know what? Do you know what happened after he gave those five loaves, went boom, fed 5,000 families? Afterwards, Jesus said, okay, guys, now go and collect up what's left so that nothing is wasted. 
Like, hang on, who cares, Jesus? What do you care if food's wasted, man? You just turned a boy's lunch in enough to feed a small city. What do you, he's, he's, because we're being faithful with the least, like two legs. You read Proverbs and it's so, it's like a business degree. It just teaches you how to handle money in a practical way. Work hard, budget, save, invest wisely. <laughs> it's like, why do you need that if Jesus can just go boom? It's like, yes. And, we're, we're, and, and basically what Jesus is saying is, guys, I want you to start to deal in this realm. But as we're going to say in this story where, where Jesus is talking about the, the, uh, he's, he's dealing with his friends, and then he moves us to this point here like where, with the food. He says, as evening approached, the disciples came and said, this is a remote place. That every, it's already getting late. Then the crowd, so he sent the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. First thing here is Jesus has given them a clear instruction. Do you ever have those times where God puts it on your heart to give? challenges you or you read in the bible where it says hey give this way or those different times and you know that god just said to give and you're like yeah i love to and it's good and all that but here's my budget here's my do, 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 and netflix and there's the you know <laughs> there's the, all the things like and then yet yeah, there's no more room and by then god just said give like so here he's like, and it's so important we understand that if God gives us an instruction, he gives us the grace, the supernatural ability to fulfill the instruction. And this is where we go, this is how, then it goes on and we're jumping back down to the John again. So I'm going to stick with the, 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 what I've been doing, John 16. It says, so he turned to Philip and said, where will you buy enough food to feed all these people? Now Jesus already knew what he was about to do, but he said this to stretch Philip's faith. Philip answered, well, I suppose if we were to give everyone only a snack, it would cost thousands of dollars to buy enough food. Can you just see that Philip did not answer Jesus' question? He didn't ask him, how much is it going to cost? He didn't say that. He said, where? Where? Where will you source the food that I've just asked you to give? Where is your supply? Where? Where? Not how much. See, Jesus speaks to us and we say, crunch the numbers, how much? Nah, not enough, Jesus. But he doesn't say that to us. He, he says, where? And then as they went and gave the food to, the other, to all the people, Jesus showed them where. He's like, here, bring it here to me. And, and so we're in this place where it's like, Jesus is interacting with us and then what, basically what he's doing is he wants us to normally operate by a certain standard. But every now and again, he's going to say, where? He's going to say, do the impossible now. He's going to say, yeah, normally we take a boat across this lake, but I've got to walk today. Or I'm just going to skip. Like, and we're in this place here where it says, so, so we're saying, where? Do you know that Jesus knew where the whole time? Jesus already knew where. It says here. Now, Jesus already knew what he was about to do, but he said this to stretch Philip's faith. God has got things in front of you and me 
that we are busting our heads over, but it, it, he already knows what he's going to do. He's put dreams in your heart. He's put promises in his word. He, he's put instructions, impossible instructions before you and me that he already knows how he's going to do it. And we need to stop counting the numbers sometimes and, and, and instead of looking at how much, we need to start looking where. We need to start looking where. When I was preparing this, I felt God saying to me very clearly that this people, someone here who's felt God call on and challenge him to give a certain amount to the vision builders. And they're like, oh, how? And then and it's come to this time of the year. And they're like, well, it's impossible. You struck, f- clearly felt God say it. Now you're at an impasse and it's impossible. But uh, I felt God say that the amount you're getting for your tax return is precisely what's, what's, what's remaining on your, on your thing, on, on, your, on your pledge. And that's aware. And, and, God's, and there's going to be a challenge for you there. Um, and I felt that really clearly, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to say that to people. God, I can't just preach a message like this and then talk about it. Everyone's going to think, oh, he's just trying to get money off us. But so that's someone there, that's the, precisely the tax return amount you're getting is the amount that's outstanding on your pledge that you felt God's call you to. And um, but, but this is the thing, it's like we're at this place where it's like, where? And God's going to start calling you and challenging. He's already hasn't just started. He's already been doing it. And we're at this place where we argue with him and we fight against him and we explain why we can't do what he says. And, but what he's saying is like, God, you're missing it. Because it says here you can't serve mammon and God. You, You can't do it. It says you either will hate one and love the other or be loyal to one and despise the other. I believe if you're here that you, it's not God you hate in this relationship with money. It's not. But you find yourself with an unhealthy dislike for money and the things of money, and money brings up aggravation for you. It brings up hatred. It brings up anger. It brings up anxiety. It brings fear. Sometimes it's just there and we shut it out. And la, 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 la. You got a pile of bills on your counter that unopened. Just because la, 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 you just, you know what I mean? I'm not judging. I've had times where I've had a pile of bills unopened. Because la la la, and, and so it's an unhealthy relationship with money. We're, we're, what God's saying is here is, hey, when you made a decision, you're not going to serve money anymore. The world system, you're going to stop having this unhealthy relationship with money. Money won't bring up those anxi- feelings of anxiety, of 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 fear. You're not going to lose sleep anymore. What God's saying is, we're bringing things into perspective, into his perspective. Does that mean you don't need money? Yeah, man, you absolutely need it. You just tell your, like, you know, your landlord or your, mor- or your bank, like, nah, <laughs> Jesus said it's the least. We're good. He's like, no, nah, we're not good. <laughs> like, but the way we handle money is, I- this is like the most basic test that God could possibly come up with. And for some of us, it's like, we think it's the most hard test that you could possibly imagine. And God's like, seriously, I literally can't make it any easier. I can't, I can't, it doesn't get easier than this. And I can tell you from experience that when I've laid down, for me it began with tithing. It was the first thing. And that actually, was, a, and I'm not saying that healed me with money, but it 
broke something massive. I sleep at night if there's bills. So, but then it'd be different things where it talks about spending properly. What do you say? What does Dave Ramsey say? Act your wage. I guess a killer. But I want it. You know, and 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 just different things. But where it talks about, we we have getting to this point where, as we just and and it's like, you can't do stuff you don't know. God's not going to challenge you or test you with stuff you don't know. I've got little kids and they come home with their tests and they're like, they're challenging with with words, and uh, that are simple. And they're not being challenged with algebra or trigonometry. Like they they're getting challenged with things that are relative to their experience but god says where you're at be faithful with where you're at because it says then you'll be given more what does more mean a test but tests aren't bad tests are good because what does a test do it gives you more what does more mean it means a test it's great because it means you get more and it's like god's saying hey i just want to be able to give you everything but if you can't win on this level then you're stuck there. You're stuck. I can't. Like I can't do anything with you. My hope with today's message, and even as we go through this series, is that we're able just to adjust our hearts and our heads when it comes to finances. Like we understand, yeah, this is something we need in life. Yeah, we understand that uh, it, it's good to have it. We understand all of the, the practical stuff, but in our heart. There's no control. Where money doesn't control us, where we don't feel pushed around by money, we don't feel pulled around by money. One of the saddest things I've ever, ever, ever heard in my life was talking with a friend who says he hates his job, but it pays too well for him to quit. And I was like, well. And that, that, that's harsh, you know. Like he's getting pulled by money. He's being controlled by it. So my prayer is that we start to have a healthy relationship with money. A scripturally healthy relationship with money. And do you know what? That does not mean that you're going to be broke. That means that God can trust you with more. Like, this is a win-win situation. Amen? Let me pray. Lord, I thank you that you are our source, God. I thank you for the promise in your word that says that you give us everything that we need, Lord. Lord, that you supersede uh, the earthly ways of doing things, whether it's crossing a lake, whether it's providing for, uh, for hungry people. Holy Spirit, I pray that you start to heal us in areas of, of money where we've maybe grown up in poverty or grown up with a poverty mindset, even if we've had plenty. Lord, that you would heal us, that you would bring, give us your perspective, your perspective on kingdom finance management, that you would truly teach us, God, to be faithful with what is least to be trustworthy with what is yours. And Lord, that you would position us for promotion. You would position us to, to, to do the things that you want to do in our lives. Amen.
Amen. I, while everyone's still in this attitude of prayer, I want to pray that you, if you, you're not right with God, maybe you've never put your trust in God before. Maybe you, you have, but you, if you're honest with yourself, you know that you've wandered away from God. I just want to let you know it's time to come home. As a church, we're going to pray. And if you're watching online, I'll invite you to join us. Church, I just would like you to repeat after me.